Good evening. Tonight we're going to see a show that's filled with comedy invention. Now, when we think of inventors, we generally think of Thomas Edison or Marconi. But for the instantaneous creation of comedy, there's no inventor quite like Jonathan Winters. Edison gave us the phonograph and the light bulb, but Jonathan has given us Elwood Stubbins and Maud Frickett. Marconi invented the wireless, but Jonathan invented Hiram Sweetie and Theodore Much. And he keeps on inventing these bizarre characters that for all their quirky personalities are somehow very real and familiar. So let's set this mad scientist of comedy to work and see just what he's inventing tonight. Welcome to the wacky world of Jonathan Winters. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. I am your host, Scott White. I am joined once again by Steph DeWagoner. Happy to be here again. Now, we are doing an episode of the wacky world of Jonathan Winters with guest star Burt Reynolds, among others, on this show. Yes. What's your relationship with Jonathan Winters? Well, obviously, as an improviser, Jonathan Winters definitely had an influence on me. This show it was a two-season show, 1972-1973, so I was just a little, little whippersnapper then. But I definitely remember Jonathan Winters all over variety shows, all over TVs, movies. It's a Mad, 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 Mad World is one of my favorite movies, and he's in that. Right. When I was growing up, we had Showtime. So they would show this on Showtime. Oh. So I would watch this with my mother. I'm wondering if that is the repackaging then, because it's a little, I was, it was a little confusing, because it's, it's got a 1981 copyright right. on it, but that must have been the redistribution of exactly. it. Exactly, yes. Because this had to have been like fall of 1973, which we'll get to when Burt Reynolds comes up. But I, but it's interesting. This episode is not listed on the episodes in IMDb that I could figure out. I couldn't find it IMDb either. So this episode, we watched it on YouTube. And, and the premise is basically this was a 30-minute Jonathan Winters variety show, for lack of a better word. It was word. back in the olden days. You would have these syndicated shows that would just air at any time. It wouldn't oh, be... Oh, is that what this was? Yes. This wasn't a network? This was not a network show. Okay. This was a syndicated show. So unlike MASH being on 8.30 Monday, every this show, they would sell it to networks and they could put it anywhere. So it was just a direct-to-syndication kind of Yes. Thing. Okay. So it would play any... It could play at 3 in the afternoon. It could play at 12.30 at night. Oh, okay. I, I didn't even remember that. I was trying to remember, when did I watch this? I know I watched it... Um, no, like I said, I watched it on Showtime. Right. We watched it on YouTube. It's a very, it's a VHS rip. It's a very, very low quality, but it's still fun to watch. Now, I usually use clips from the episode, and I'm going to do that here. The episode on YouTube is only mono. It's not in stereo. So if you listen to it on headphones, it only comes through one headphone. Oh. If that happens on this podcast, I will try to fix it in editing, but if I can't, there is nothing wrong with your podcast, uh, with your with your ear pods. Good information there. Charlie Puth would be impressed with you. Do you know who Charlie Puth is? I don't know, but do you okay. know who Orson Welles is? I do. And he is the host. Orson Welles is the host of the show. So here's my question. Is he the host every week? Yes. That's weird. Do you think that's weird? It does weird. Yeah, Orson Welles was the host. It only it lasted 29 episodes over two years. I was like, is he just the host this week or all the time? He was the host every single episode. Did it seem a little forced to you? Yes, and it seemed a little red. Red? Cue cards. Oh, 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 yeah. oh totally, completely. 
I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Orson Welles later in life, he sort of became a punchline because of uh, the Reuniti wine commercial. You'd... He became the smoke sourcer for Reuniti wine. Yes, and there was bootleg copies of him being drunk trying to do the commercial, which you can also find on YouTube. And I think this might have been like the start of This was of definitely that. later in Orson Welles' yes, this was career. Late. Turn camera. Marks. 102, take one. With overlap, action please. Action awesome, please. Can you just do anything? No, it's a, sorry, cut. Yeah, rolling. 102, take two. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle, and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. Cut. So Paul Masson. 102, take three. Action, please. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So Cut. Paul Masson super. I mean, for our, our younger listeners, if you're a fan of Pinky and the Brain, uh, the, the character of Brain is inspired right. by the personality of Orson Welles. Right, and the guy who does the voice of Brain, who I can't remember, also did Orson Welles in a couple of episodes. And of course, Orson Welles made what many people consider the greatest movie of all time, Citizen Kane. Yes, and one of the greatest hoaxes of all time. War of the Worlds. Yes. So here's this grand actor, right, Orson Welles, oh. introducing the show with this very, he has a very stately sort of presence. Mm -hmm. I could have done without it. Like, I didn't need it, but it was like, oh, well, I guess I'm okay with this. We go into the opening credits, and then Orson Welles is back on again. And then we introduce the first segment, which is a talk show, Suggs. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like a Missouri or Southern Baptist so, sort of. Uh, so Jonathan Winters is playing a talk show I mean, host. Ernest, Pisa, Ernest, 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 Ernest Suggs. Burt Reynolds is a guest on the show. Now... You and I both being improvisers, we will talk about the show was improvised. It would just be an idea such as Jonathan Winters is a talk show host. Jonathan Winters is a, is a plumber, which we'll see later. And then they get celebrity guests on and they play off of each other. So Bert is just playing a guest on this talk show. And Bert is totally game for this. Yeah, I will say one of the things I liked about this was that Burt Reynolds in both of his segments, super playful, super yes and. Did not take super, himself seriously. No, not I, at all. Yeah. And we put a time frame on this because Jonathan Winters asks him about his movie White Lightning. That's why I figured this has got to be like September or October of 1973. Because that's when that came out. So this is pre-Smoking the Bandit, post-Deliverance. <laughs> yes, and we'll get to that. So this is just when Burt is hitting his superstar status. Deliverance came out, it was a big hit. So he's at the top of it. So this is not one of those where a, a downward 
celebrity is on a show. No, this is a hot this celebrity. This is a hot. They're just going back and forth. I remember Jonathan Winters doing that bit where we're going to call a shut-in. Like, we're, we're going to call a shut-in. So he, this is a character, like a repeat character. It is a returning have. character. Yeah. But yeah, Burt Reynolds, and the premise is supposed to be that Burt Reynolds had to make an emergency landing in their little They're town. They're in Ohio. Oh, so that's they had to make it. Because that's where Jonathan Winters was that's born right. and raised, in Ohio. That's right. That's right. Burt Reynolds' plane had to make an emergency stop. He's on this talk show. They're just having fun with each other. Now, in this segment and the other se- they tend to talk over each other. Burt knows that Jonathan is the master at improvising, but he wants to get his in as well. And it's... They, yeah, they do tend to speak over each other at times because there is a great line that Bert says, which is totally lost because Jonathan steps on it. Jonathan gives Bert Reynolds a duck call, and uh, he goes, uh, this is a oh, oh, duck oh, the, farmer. He goes, farmer. who makes it? He goes, this is a duck farmer duck call. And Bert Reynolds goes, if you get that mixed up, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. Great line, totally lost <laughs> because because Jonathan just... Pops right on it and yeah. just and just kills the laugh. Hello, Ida May. How are you? Would you like to ask me a question? No, I, I don't do that. <laughs> what she asked you? Well, I, I don't know. What did she ask you? Well, did she ask you? Give me that. <laughs> what did you ask him? <laughs> you should never have asked him that. <laughs> Listen, you old beast. Don't you ever call up here and say that to a star or to me or anybody. I don't care what your fate for long life is. She's been married 26 times. Three jazz questions like that. Now, listen. I want to give you a cigar that was rolled by one of the boys here... Um, down at uh, Carnaber uh, Barn. Yeah. That's, that's a real, I know you smoke cigars. That's a real good one. And yeah. smoke it with a paper on. It's better. <laughs> yeah, take the paper off. Boy, it's stout. Oh, yeah. Listen, uh, before I leave, there's yeah. one thing I would like sure. to have. Sure. What would you like to I'd have? I'd like to have Ida May's phone number. <laughs> just, for, just, just to talk to her on the phone, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah, but she's, I tell you now, she's uh, She's, she's a gangbusters on the phone. She's gangbusters at home, too. Oh, really? <laughs> She's a big woman. She's a big woman, boy. She's over, well over 200 pounds. Oh, really? How tall? She held up the, the, the local carnival tent for uh, last time. <laughs> a big woman. How tall is she? Well, don't make no difference. Uh, That's to me. Well, she's about... Uh, she's 5'11". 5'11", 200 pounds. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, I can work that in. Okay. Now listen. Here. Here. This one. That's a little duck call put yes, out by is. the uh, uh, Framers Framers Duck. That's our sporting goods store. Framers Duck. Well, if you get that messed up, you're really in trouble. That's right. Yeah, they he you know they do some fun stuff. Jonathan Winters hands him a fishing pole, and now Burt Reynolds is sitting here yes. holding this fishing. He's like, pole. I don't get anything on Carson. You know, and, right? Yeah. And they, they he calls he calls another ninety nine year old lady and hands Burt the phone, and and it's like I don't know, is there somebody on the other end of this phone? But Burt Reynolds plays along as if he's talking to this ninety nine. There, if there is nobody on the other end of the phone, he does some great phone acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and they both do. And the, the premise is this ninety nine year old woman is. Is hitting on Burt Reynolds, right? And and Burt Reynolds is getting into it. Yeah, I love it. He's like, he goes, you know, he says, "Oh, well, she's a big woman, two hundred pounds, five foot 11. Burt Reynolds is like, "I can, I can work with that." Yeah. 
So yeah, I, Burt Reynolds is very game for what's happening and having. Well, a if good you've time. seen his appearances on Johnny Carson, you know that he's a he doesn't take himself too seriously, and he he is also he's very game to have fun. It made me think about Norm Macdonald's impression of Burt yes. Reynolds. Yes, you know, <laughs> chomping gum and laughing. And yeah. Burt Reynolds has such a great laugh. Then we go to Jonathan's attic, and this was something that happened in every show. Mm-hmm. It's just a room full of props, and Jonathan Winters just goes around and he picks up a prop and he just improvises. It's with supposed it. to be, you know, it's supposed to be he's going up into his attic. It's obviously some sound stage that they just some prop master filled with a bunch of props. It would be I likened it to watching like Colin Mockery or Ryan Stiles on Whose Line Is It Anyway when they play the prop game. Yes. You know, it's just Jonathan Winters grabs a prop and whatever comes to his top of his We head. here at Comedy Sports, we, we have, have a, game. a game called Object Freeze where we take an object and we use it either what's it what's it for or something weird about it and yeah so he just goes through and there's no reason to think that it is rehearsed because just Jonathan Winters is known for being just going just going with it and that goes on for a for a little while and then we go to well the, isn't that where Orson Welles goes freeze freeze yeah so then they oh cut, the, so that's the last they, one that's how yes, they edit it that's right that's how they the last one is he's holding a plunger or something like that and yeah Orson Welles goes freeze all right Jonathan how about this <laughs> you're a plumber and you're in the house of Mr. Dan Rowan who's our other celebrity guest now Dan Rowan I know you're a laugh a laugh Laugh-in. Laugh-in fan. Yes. Dan Rowan was part of the comedy team of Rowan and Martin, who were a comedy team, and then they hosted Laugh-in for five years. Right. It Another was very influential Very influential show. show. It pushed the envelope, late 60s, early 70s. Dan Rowan was the straight man, uh, the cool cigarette, you know. Cigarette pipe smoker. Pipe yeah. smoker, and, you know, nice looking uh, uh, Malibu tan, mm -hmm. you know, Palm Springs tan. You know, he and, he and uh, uh, Dick Martin Dick Martin would be there in their tuxedos telling hip jokes mm -hmm. and doing kind of their nightclub uh, bit. But, you know, he was sort of the straight man, the cooler of the two. Yes. And I actually thought he was really good in this sketch. Mm -hmm. I really liked him <laughs> in this sketch because he did what he does best, play he, the straight, straight man. man. He never, he never, they almost broke at one point. We'll get yes. to that. But he's at home. He's smoking his pipe. And Jonathan Winters comes in, and he's like, you know, he's playing this. I know you. You're the, you're that Dan Rowan guy. Right. Is he playing this like blue collar plumber that's to fix a leak in the wall? So this was '72. So Laughing must have just gone off the air, or it was his last season. So Dan Rowan was still in the public eye at this time. Oh yeah. Like you said, it's a, it's trademarked at '81. At that point. Uh, Dan Rowan later in life had diabetes and he had already retired from showbiz right. by 81. But yeah, had, had, when this aired, it would have been a big get of like this week, Burt Reynolds and you know, Dan Rowan. Two, Dan Rowan. Two like, of the biggest stars at the time. And he's like, there's dripping behind the wall. My improv mind. Now, Dan Rowan, he, he asks a lot of questions, which you're not supposed <laughs> thought, to do right, in improv. However... He is the straight man. Him and his act with Dick Martin is he would usually ask the questions to Dick, and then he would right. get, yeah. I guess the reference would be Burns and Allen, right? Uh, where the straight person and the and always give a wacky answer. Jonathan Winters goes, "Is your wife home?" And he goes, "No, my wife's not home. I said she'd be. This would be fixed by the time I get home." And then Jonathan looks in the bedroom and goes, "Oh, I see your wife's there." 
So it was like, it was a... I know, I was like, wait a minute, was that supposed to be his girlfriend or was it like his wife? And then I was like, okay, I guess it's his wife. And then... I guess, it, so it was a denial. Right. And it was still funny, but my improv brain was like, right. that was just a total yeah, denial. Yeah, I couldn't help but watch it without looking at it like an yes. improviser. But Dan Rowan does a great job. He never raises his voice. He's always calm and he's always cool. And now, what, are you, what are you going to do? I'm going to tell you something. Let me listen to this again. You see, normally my assistant listens. He's an illiterate, but he's a wonderful guy. And uh, I give him 25 cents an hour. You can do that with an illiterate. Uh, let's see. Now, what I'm going to have to do, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to make you a deal. Uh, I always like to do this with whether you was a star or whether you wasn't a star. Don't make no difference. I make deals with people. Uh, this this water is running through there. When I went in there, I seen her for a few seconds, then seen the water on the floor in there. It's ruined that beautiful carpet. There isn't any water on the floor in there. Well, I'm telling you, there is now. Oh, that's the dog. That hasn't anything, that hasn't anything to do with the, the leak in the wall. Now, well, well, do, you, do you want to go up on the roof? Now, here's, there's no reason for me to go on the roof. I'm scared of height anyway. Uh, what I want to tell well, you Well, there's is, a tank on the roof. Sure, there's it's always... A it's, no, it's a holding tank. We collect rainwater. Well, let me, let me just uh, let me present this deal. Why don't you go up on the roof? I will in a minute. I will in a minute. Uh, I just want to present this deal to you. Now, what I'm going to have to do is... And please, sit down on this one. Uh, what I'm going to have to do well, is... Well, you give me uh, an estimate. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right. I'm going to knock this wall out and oh, give you a number oh, six pipe. Oh, Wait a minute. Oh. Knock, the, knock the wall out, give you a number six pipe, yeah. and my assistant is going to help me with put the pipe in for $1,500. Now, listen, I'm not making anything on this. I'm not making, I'm not making a, a red cent on this. I'm doing it because you're good people. I enjoyed your wife, and I'm sorry about... Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry about... Dropping the uh, <laughs> dropping the tools on the, on the Spanish uh, tile and that cheap old painting. Just a, just a minute. Why do you have to knock out a wall just to fix a leak? Well, I don't know. Wait a minute. I don't tell you how to be funny. I don't tell you how to be funny, and you sure as heck don't tell me how to do plumbing. I'm going to tell you what we have to do. There is no magic. There is no magic way for me to just put my hand in like this and play around with a pipe. Why don't you just go in there with this? This is a trick, my friend. Just make a little hole, and then you can patch it up. Would you you stand over there or sit in your chair, smoke your little funny pipe? And Jonathan ends up just destroying the wall. And it reminded me a little bit, too, of, like, the Harvey Corman, Tim Conway, the whenever they would put, like, the old man in a sketch with Harvey Corman where it's the old man at the, the deli or it's the old yeah. man at the... <laughs> the clock shop. shop. Right, yeah. right, you know. And uh, it's just how long can you get him to go before he just finally snaps? Because even Dan Rowan at the end when Jonathan Winter starts tearing the wall apart, you know, he starts handing him tools yes. and... <laughs> Uh, so I thought it was funny. I, 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 I did. I, I did think it was funny. I actually thought it was the best part of the show. I thought it was the best part of the show. Dan Rowan wasn't trying to get laughs like Bert was. Right. I think Bert was trying to compete with Jonathan a little bit, which was fine. And but Dan, or maybe keep up with or keep up with them. <laughs> Dan was just like, "Fuck it, I'm just I'll just step back and let you do yeah, what you do." Right. It's good to know your role. You know, it's good it is good to know your role. So. But the, so at the end, Jonathan's like, I'm going to call my partner. He's at a bar. And they sit down, and this is the. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. So they, it's a. It's a touch tone phone. Dan's like, I'll dial it for you. Yeah, because touch tone phones were kind of a new thing then. Yes. And he goes, What's the number? Four, five, six. <laughs> and, they, and he kept messing up every time. That was funny. And, and they both 
start, they almost break, both of them, because <laughs> it keeps going and going and going. It, it almost breaks at the end, but they end up phoning, and that's where the scene ends. Yes. Uh, yes, it was a very it was a very enjoyable scene with Dan Rowan, who is like like this odd celebrity. To, it, it's like people people don't know who Dan. I Rowan was thinking. Is. I was thinking. I can't believe somebody hasn't come up to try to repackage this again as like Wayne Brady's the Wacky World of Wayne Brady, <laughs> or you know the Wacky World of Colin Mockery, or try to put one of these Who's Line guys in a show like this. This reminds me of the show. Thank God You're Here. Oh, I was just going to say that. Yes. This reminds me of the show of Thank God You're Here. The show of Thank God You're Here is... NBC. A celebrity would walk through a door and there would just be a scene going. In the middle of an improvised scene, it was it all... Would be, it would be yeah. like a, a doctor's office. And then somebody would say, oh, thank God you're here. And then the celebrity would have to improvise... I remember that show. ...with yes. professional improvisers. And this was sort of the thing. Jonathan Winters was a professional comedian, professional improviser, and they would bring actors in. That's not their strong point. But Dan Rowan and both Burt Reynolds both hang with them right. and do a good job. Then we go to... Is this Peak Peak at the Past. He is playing Rasputin. And I forget the woman's name who is... The character actor? The character actress? She's a character actress from the day. I I, I can't remember her name. No, I'm sorry. It's not anybody. I mean, you've seen her. If you see stuff in the 60s <laughs> or 70s, you've seen her. But I can't remember her name. But uh, she's not... It's not a super famous person. No, no. She was a regular on the show. Right. She yes. was basically playing the host of this, like... This know. reminded me of the 2,000-year-old man. Oh, yeah. Where she yeah. would just ask him questions about being Rasputin, and, and he would answer. So this gave me, this had a 2,000-year-old man vibe to me. I did think this was a really funny character. This is one that he didn't do that often. Right. Because he was doing a Russian accent. Yeah, Rasputin yeah. was the Tsar Nicholas's, yeah. you know, basically. The tw- Mad Monk, as right. they would call him. Right. And she's just asking him questions about what it was it like to be the Mad Monk, and, and he was just. Because this was the whole thing centered around Tsar Nicholas and how his whole family got you know, murdered and Tsar Nicholas had, had been a heavy influence on that court. And then Anas- at the time in the 70s, it was a big mystery. Where was Anastasia? The whole thing was that there was that Tsar Nicholas's daughter, Anastasia, somehow escaped. So I remember on In Search of with Leonard Nimoy, <laughs> they did. Where's Anastasia? There, this was like the hot topic in the 70s. Where is Anastasia? Like from from 50 years earlier, mm-hmm. right? So there were people that I'm not in. You know, this woman said, I'm not Anastasia. <laughs> so this was kind of super topical, though maybe nowadays it wouldn't seem like, why no. is this such a big deal? Um, and I didn't get the joke. I tried to Google why that joke was funny when he said something about Anastasia. And, oh, he made a crack about, oh, well, he got a new haircut. And it got a big laugh. And I was like, God, that must mean did something. He, did he get beheaded? Or No, no, because Anastasia was a woman, and he goes, oh, he got a haircut, referring to a guy, and she kind of went along with it, and I was like, okay, what does that mean? And I couldn't find what it meant, but it got a big laugh. It might have been something topical. No, the family all got shot. The yeah. family, they were all basically almost like they were posing for a portrait, and, a, and they all got gunned down. So It might have been something around the time. Right, like like when you're watching an old Marx Brothers movie and they make or a like joke. a dated joke, a dated, dated joke on SNL. Yes, you're like I don't it, know. That was it was prevalent at the time. Right. Doesn't mean anything to you right. now. And then we go to the final scene, and this is like scenes from a hat. 
from whose line is it anyway? Right. Before the show, I guess it was a, it was before studio a audience. studio audience. They would have the studio audience just fill out scenes that they wanted Jonathan and Bert to do. Yeah, a premise for a scene. Bert had the cards yes. that they had picked. So Bert would tell Jonathan, he, who he referred to as Johnny, he would tell Johnny. Yep. The uh, And I actually heard Johnny Carson refer to Jonathan Winters as Johnny yeah. as well. So I yeah. guess people in the know called him yeah. Johnny. But Burt Reynolds would read the premise. And then the two of them, they were just seated on like two chairs. Mm-hmm. They would perform this little quick little improv scene. And it was fun. It was yeah. cute. And one of them was about deliverance. <laughs> yeah, one of them was, I'd like to see Jonathan Winters and Burt Reynolds paddling down a river. Yeah. Which, of course, Where- you know. <laughs> And, and Bert goes, I'm usually in the back. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which was funny, I thought. He moved his chair. He yeah. got behind him. They made a little canoe. Yeah. You know, and then he's like, uh, don't, don't talk to those, don't talk to those hillbillies up there. Those hey, hillbillies! And they do three or four of those. I thought, you know, Burt Reynolds held his own. He did. Because Jonathan Winters, very much like Robin Williams, could easily just steamroll. Steamroll everything. Yes. 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 Which is why it made so much sense for Jonathan Winters to play Robin Williams Son on Mork and Mindy. Mindy. So that is where I probably was first introduced to Jonathan Jonathan Winters. On Mork and Mindy? Yeah. Playing uh, Mirth? Mirth, yes. Playing Mirth on Mork and Mindy. That was where I was first introduced with him, and then him and Robin just going back and forth. Then I discovered this TV show on Showtime, and then the album. Did you remember this episode, or did you? Run, I did not remember this. You episode. ran across this just looking. I for just Burt ran across Reynolds. this just looking for for Burt it's, Reynolds. It's material. not on IMDb. That's the crazy thing. It was I was because I was trying to figure out the date, but um, the uh, yeah, Burt, Jonathan Winters. So Burt Reynolds holds his own, I think, in these little scenes as much as any celebrity you could expect. Because when I looked at other people who'd been on the show, I mean, he had Debbie Reynolds on there, Pat Boone. And, yeah, I mean, all sorts of you know relevant. Well, I have an album of Bob Crane. Oh, <laughs> Hogan. You know, Colonel Hogan when he was a disc jockey. <laughs> I love Bob Crane. <laughs> and Jonathan Winters went into the studio and Bob couldn't hang with him and he, <laughs> Bob was just laughing and cracking up and he goes yeah okay yeah that right. was he was not contributing at all Jonathan Winters was our in-person guest around six months ago and uh, we did what Jonathan calls wing it which means ad lib a routine where we only knew what we were going to do but not where we were going to go with it he was the Hollywood movie producer, and I was the young, aspiring actor trying to get a job, and this was the scene. Listen. What, what is it, Bob? What kind of work? Uh, what do you want to do here? What are you doing here, by the way? Who's the agent? What's his name? What's his name, Bob? What's well, your agent's name? I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I never met How'd him. How'd he get through the gate? I never met him before. You never met him before? Not huh? my agent. What, he finds you in the street or some discovery in a, over an ice cream cone? It's a big... What are you talking about? The old days, Bob? What do you want to do, Bob? It's the it's a big company, sir. Sure, it's a big company. It's I a mean, billion, it's... billion dollar company, kid. We got him going there. You're trying to tell me my business? Maybe you want to come behind the desk. No, I don't What mean... do you want, sweetheart? What is it, baby? Oh, no. See, you that get... Want to be up there beside Marlena? Is that it? You get the wrong... Play Bojest again for... No. Kids. We're putting Willard uh, Foster in it. Crazy kid. He's 14 years old, but he memorizes in two seconds. Well, but my agent told me that I was very good. Did he? Yeah, he said What's so. good about you? How are you done? You, you really want to What have you done? I really want to know. I'm not interested for 10 minutes. Well, you talk so fast. I can't get... Of course. Of course I talk fast. It's Why? a fast world. We've got to wrap a series up in 26 minutes. Oh. Oh, sure. Burn a kid out and he's through by the time he's 30. Well, the agent said to me, go in there and you're a very big man. And That's you could, right. I am. You could help me. 
And he's physically and mentally. Well, if I'm he... overweight and overtaxed, overtired, and I'm over the hill. It's that simple, kid. Seventy-five pills a day, sixteen syringes, and five bottles of juice. That's what keeps me going. Fourteen institutions in five years. I've done little theater. Little theater? Yeah. Stay with it. And I get when you're that strong of an improviser, when you see weakness like that, you're just gonna. You're just gonna roll. You're just gonna take it. And yeah, because like yourself. one of the premises in this was that they were two babies, two babies in the in the little maternity yeah. ward, and and Burt Reynolds wasn't afraid to be like, you know, <laughs> like make himself a baby. And Jonathan yes. Winters gets a good little button on the end. Right. I've never it, seen a baby with a mustache it before. Cracks him up. It's a great laugh. And that's Reynolds. and Burt Reynolds, like all throughout this, he's not afraid to laugh. If somebody said a lot of comedians or actors don't like to laugh at other comedians or actors it's just a thing Bert doesn't care if he thinks it's funny he's he's gonna laugh at it was he was Jonathan Winters in any like Cannonball Run movies no or anything? no I think he wasn't. I was trying to think you know I know he got, he, I mean I know Bert had Dom DeLuise so he didn't yeah. you know but I was trying to think if Bert Reynolds and Jonathan Winters were ever in anything I don't together. this is the only thing I think they were I'm it looks like they were friends it looks like they were close they worked off of each other very, very well. And then we cut to Orson Welles, he closes the show, and then we just see the credits. And this was a full 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I don't know how it aired with commercials. Yeah, I don't know. Unless unless this was like, I don't know, because you know how like Carol Burnett and Friends takes the 90 minute show and makes it a 30 minute show. You know, in syndication. No, but these were only 30-minute shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these were 30-minute shows. So usually a 30-minute show is 22 minutes, so you could have commercials in there. This is a full, it's 29 minutes and 20 seconds, so it's a full half hour. So I don't know how they would have aired it with commercials unless they, you know, they aired it an odd time. Right. They put commercials before. Remember when TBS used to start everything at 7.05? 7.05. That was like, so you wouldn't tune away. Right. So what did you think, over, like overall, being an improviser, knowing Jonathan Winters, knowing a lot of stuff from this period, overall, what did you think of it? I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, I think Bert and in that first scene, I think Bert and Jonathan uh, fought each other a little too much. Because there was, like we said, like I said, we lost a couple of good lines from them talking over each other. It was fun to see Jonathan Winters at his best. Um, like I said, like you said, Dan Rowan did what Dan Rowan does. Jonathan Winters, I think, works better by with a straight person just asking questions and he can go off. Right. Instead of instead of trying to act in a scene in an improvised scene. Right. There's a lot of clips of him and Dean Martin. And Dean Martin just knows what to do. You know, Dean Martin just... Right. He, Dean Martin just lets, lets him go. Right. He, and he doesn't try to compete with him and all that. I, so I think it's the scene where he's Rasputin. I think that shows his skills the best because he has just asked a question and he's just let off the leash and he can go and there's nobody trying to rein him in. Okay, well, we've got to get these pipes fixed. Because even in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, he's by himself a lot. Yes, you know, where, where you've got, you know, Buddy Hackett and Mickey Rooney together, and you've got Phil Silvers and Ethel Brooks. Well, so not in, Phil Silvers, but, uh, yeah. In, in a mad, mad, mad world, is, is he taped up? Mm. Is he taped up, or is there tires on him? Tires, the tires. So what happens in a mad, mad, mad world is he's confined. They put these tires on him. He's a mechanic. He's a mechanic. These people confine him by putting these tires on him. And what happened was... 
they called lunch and nobody got him out of the tires. Oh. So he was stuck in these tires while everybody went off to lunch. And they said, Jonathan Winters was pissed. <laughs> it was like they walked away and no, you know, nobody helped. It wasn't a prank or anything like that. They just sort of forgot about him. It's like, that's lunch. And they, and they walked away and he was still confined <laughs> and he couldn't get out. And... Jonathan Winters had an interesting life. He's he was known pretty openly for having had two nervous breakdowns mm-hmm. in the fifties and the sixties. Yes. Also, when I was a little kid, this is funny. When I was a little, I think it's funny. When I was a little kid, so around this time, I would have been like seven. I would have been about seven years old, mm-hmm. seven or eight years old when this aired. Um, there was a really popular book at the time called Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Mm-hmm. I thought Jonathan Livingston Seagull was about Jonathan Winters. <laughs> so I because they were real popular yeah. at the same time. So that's I remember that. I remember him being on but a lot he of TV was shows. Uh, he nominated for eleven Grammys for, oh. for all of his record work. Well, overall, this fell flat for me. And I don't know if it's just it fell flat because it was like it was. It's, it's hard to watch because it's very, very poor quality. Well, that that didn't bug me. I can get past that. I think it's the problem of it's hard to put improv on TV. I don't know how Whose Line Is It Anyway figured it out. I don't know what the magic thing is uh, other than editing. Editing. That's other, what I was going to say, editing. editing. Other than other Because there than was no... It looked like there was no editing in Right, this. right. Cause who's, it, there was who, no take two. Because <laughs> Whose Line Is It Anyway, my understanding is they tape about 90 minutes of content and pick the best you know 27 26 Mm. minutes or whatever to air in the show um but people have tried with comedy sports the show we do there's been tv options that people have had that they've tried to pitch and pilots and Um, thank god you're here which was on nbc and it had a cast of um tim conway did a show it had jeff davis on there of whose line where the first half of the episode is scripted, and then the second half was improvised. If it was a thirty-minute show, the fifteen-minute, the first fifteen minutes were scripted, and the last fifteen minutes were improvised. So I remember Dave, kids in the hall, Dave, Dave Foley, Dave Foley was on. Thank God you're here. I remember that. He was the judge. Oh, that's right. He was the judge. He was on every. He was on every episode. I remember. Uh, uh, God, I can't. This typical of your podcast now. I can't think of anybody's name. Harlan Williams. No, 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 no. Uh, Sulu from Star Trek. George Takei. I remember George Takei's episode of Thank God You're Here. Yes. Because he walked in and went, Thank God I'm here. Yes. Yeah. So overall, it felt a little flat just because I think it's so hard to get improv on TV correct. Um, But Jonathan Winters is a gem. If you're an improv student, if you're a comedy student, you should seek out clips of Jonathan Winters and watch them. Mm -hmm. He was, there's the... There's nobody else like him, uh, you know. So Jerry Seinfeld, I believe it was Jerry Seinfeld, said, out of all the stand-ups, Jonathan Winters goes, I can't do that. It's like, if you, if you, see, it's like you see George Carlin, well, I can do that. You can see Richard Pryor, well, I can do that. But when you see George, uh, Jonathan Winters, it's like, that's different. I can't do that. I can't get up and, and just improvise a, a five-minute stand-up scene out of nothing. I mean, the closest thing would be Robin Williams, yeah. you know, and um, but even then, Robin Williams would just take over. I, I know there's uh, people that remember back in the day in comedy sports in Milwaukee. Robin Williams came to a show and they got him up on stage, and you just, you know, you just sit back and you let yeah. Robin Williams go. Now, how much of that is Coke from the '70s or uh, <laughs> and the '80s and the '80s? But um, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely worth seeking out. I mean, well, there's there's some uh, pictures of Burt Reynolds at the Comedy Store in oh. L.A. 
And there's actually a picture of him, Robin Williams, and Richard Pryor on the stage at one time. Oh. So if he was, if Burt Reynolds was at comedy clubs, he, you know, probably, he might have run into Jonathan Winters. I don't know, you know, outside of the outside I feel of films, like Burt Reynolds, television. the gist I get is that he was a pretty nice guy. Like, I'm sure when it was time to be business, he was business mm-hmm. and he didn't compromise where he didn't want to compromise. But I feel like he was a pretty affable guy. And, yeah. You know, wasn't afraid to necessarily be out in public or meet fans or um you know like to socialize with other celebrities um yeah he's one of those you're you're sorry that his life took a downward turn for a while he's one of those that you feel bad for maybe this is nostalgia for me watching this i remember watching this with my mom and laughing there's only a couple episodes of this on youtube it's all the all 29 episodes are not readily available so there's like two or three episodes on youtube but there's also clips of him from a bunch of variety shows that you can look for. This made me think we should do the Burt Reynolds episode of The Carl Burnett Show. Have you ever seen that? I probably have. We got. We probably should find that because uh, I'm sure we could get it and watch it. Because he does a... There's some fun stuff that Burt Reynolds does on The Carl mm-hmm. Burnett Show that, um, that would be a good one to do an episode of. Carol Burnett, the Carol Burnett show was definitely probably the biggest influence on me becoming an improviser. Well, she's, her special's coming out or something. She like, had she, one a couple months ago. Yeah. They, does, well, they celebrated her birthday. Yeah, her 94th birthday or Your, something. Yeah, they did, a, they did a special a couple months ago that Steve Carell hosted mm-hmm. and, and Julie Andrews was there and Bernadette Peters mm-hmm. and all sorts of people, so. Was Lyle Wagner there? Uh, Vicki Lawrence was there. <laughs> I cannot remember if Lyle, I, I honestly don't remember if Lyle Wagner was there. But yeah, this is worth checking out just as if you're a fan of comedy, if you're a fan of Burt It's also C. a snapshot of yeah, the early 70s. 30 minutes it's out of 30 your life. minutes. It, the quality is bad. So I know some people who, who literally just, if it's not HD, they can't watch it. <laughs> if you're that kind of person, you're not going to be able to get through this episode. And like I said, if you're listening to this podcast and it's only coming through one speaker, that's just how it was recorded on YouTube. All right, that's it. Steph, thank you for doing this. And we'll see you here next time on the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. This should help people find the podcast when they're searching. Uh, No matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson podcast. (laughs) Jonathan and Burt are shooting the rapids in a rubber boat. Oh. Oh, Oh, yeah, I remember that. You remember that. I'm always in the back. All right. Okay. Whoa. Think we'll get that by? Hey, uh... No, no, not that way. Over there. Uh-huh. Couple of old country guys up there on the bank. I wonder what they want. Hey, let's don't bother to ask them, huh? Okay. Oh. Hi, country guys. Says <laughs> uh, here, uh, Jonathan and Bert are two captured spies. Facing the firing squad. Okay. Do we stand for this? Oh, sure. Well, I don't know. Why not? Why Too not? many guys are set when they're being shot. Oh, yeah. I noticed your hands were tied in front. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of weird. 
Hey, I only got one last request. I've got 25. <laughs> Mine has to live to be about 99. What's yours? Well, I'm going to have a cigarette, and then uh, I want to talk about my folks for a while, and uh, <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the state uh, where I was born, the house and everything. I want to stay up here as long as I can. I got another one. Shoot right. him quick. <laughs> well, that guy missed me. His oh. chance now. <clears throat> huh? How can you miss a that big guy? guy? Hey, look at that guy. Did you see him? Look at him, look at him in the eyes like this. See? What was that? Missed my small little body. This is the last one. Okay. You'll be relieved to know. Right. Uh, Jonathan and Bert are two babies in a maternity ward. <laughs> Thanks for joining us in the wacky world of Jonathan Winters. Until we meet again, make the most of your wacky world. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.